Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Taryn Finley, a senior culture reporter at HuffPost, and this is, I know that's right, a weekly podcast about the latest in culture, entertainment, and trending conversations. Get ready, y'all, because we're going to a place where mainstream news and the wild west of internet culture collide. From the news that makes us say, I know that's right, to the mess that you know is as dead wrong as this cold that I got. Why is everybody sick, y'all? I am breaking down the week that was, and we've got so much to talk about. Then, as always, I'll be bringing in a guest for an in-depth conversation. This week, I'll be talking about the short life of so many black TV shows these days with entertainment writer Chanel Janae. This is I Know That's Right. All right, y'all, we are back for another episode, which means another round of headlines, starting off with the story that's making me say I know that's right right now, and it is Coco Golf. Yes, indeed, she is headed to the Australian Open semifinals for the very first time after winning an intense game against Ukraine's Marta Kostyuk earlier this week. I need y'all to understand how disciplined and how mentally strong of a player Coco is okay she went from being down 5-1 in the first set to coming back and winning the entire match winning not only that set but she locked in and carried it and won the entire match she's 19 years old y'all and this is her first time advancing to the semifinals at the tournament down under and if she keeps playing like this I've I see another Grand Slam in her cards. She already has one Grand Slam under her belt after winning the U.S. Open last year. And at just, again, 19 years old, y'all, she's really setting the stage for legendary status. You go, Glenn Coco. Girl, I'm just like, uh, like, how'd she do it? How, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But she's doing the damn thing. You're doing amazing, sweetie. And now on to... The next story, now y'all know, as we've said time and time again, we are in the thick of award show season and I just don't see it thinning out anytime soon. The Oscar nominations were announced on Tuesday morning and they're questionable. They're questionable. So I'm asking, is that right to quite a few of these categories? Let's talk about some highlights first though. 
The great Jeffrey Wright and Coleman Domingo are nominated for Best Lead Actor for American Fiction and Rustin, respectively. Both are first for these actors. I mean, so long overdue, but so glad to see them get the recognition they deserve here. But I have to pause real quick and shout out specifically the way Coleman found out he was nominated and it, it, it's just so pure and hilarious at the same time. He told the AP that he low-key disassociated at first because he's on the West Coast and apparently someone on the East Coast texted him and there was a lag. Listen to the clip. Listen to the clip. My phone goes off and I guess the feed was coming in on the East Coast sooner than what my husband was watching. And literally, I picked up and saw "Congratulations, Oscar nominee," and I just put the phone down like that. <laughs> I don't know. You never know how you're going to react. I literally act like it didn't happen. I was like, "Oh wow!" And I put the phone down. <laughs> then I heard, and then I hear my name come up on my husband's feed, and then he bursts into tears. <laughs> and of course, I start crying because he's crying. <laughs> that was it. it. Was it was a comedy of uh, errors in some way? Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much that he was just in disbelief that he didn't even process it the first time. Like that is so relatable. Also, I didn't know he was married. Did y'all? It, anyway, go Coleman. Love that. Also, some praise goes to Lily Gladstone. She is the first Native actor to be nominated for Best Actress at the Oscars. Congratulations to her, but also in the same breath, shame on the Academy, okay? Because it's 2024. And we say this time and time again, but these first, I'm proud of the people who are sitting there and breaking that glass ceiling. But again, it's 2024. The first sounds really cute until you back up and realize what's really been going on. Shout out to Lily, so very much well-deserved, but Academy, do better, do better. Some other highlights for me, Danielle Brooks and Divine Joy Randolph got Best Supporting Actress nods, and we finally see America Ferreira get some love for Barbie in the same category of Best Supporting Actress. Um, this this was a solid lineup. This really was a son- solid lineup for me. Again, uh, America was overlooked by the Globes earlier this month, so it's, it's really cool to see her here now on to some snubs and some very questionable things for me it really made no sense specifically that Fantasia didn't get a best actress nod for the color purple now if you've seen the color purple you know that Fantasia carried I mean she was able to breathe new life into Miss Silly for a new audience and a new generation in a way that was so heartfelt. And I mean, she, y'all, she learned to tap dance for this role, okay? She's been getting slept on for having such a stellar performance. And I wish I was shocked about it, but I'm really not. Every time she was on the screen, every time her and Danielle were on the screen specifically, I, I could not help but to literally tear up, just so emotional. These are two performances that deserve so much. I'm glad to see Danielle nominated. Fantasia deserves to be right there with her um, under the Best Actress category. And let's face it, the Oscars are going to be the Oscars. This is the same institution that gave Green Book 
Best Picture. And it also is the same institution that was confronted with the Oscar So White hashtag for years. And I unfortunately expected them not to get it all the way right. That doesn't make it any less exhausting. That doesn't make it any less unacceptable. These great performances, not only from Fantasia, but Greta Lee, who was phenomenal in past lives, got snubbed. Charles Melton in May, December, huge oversight, huge oversight. This is another thing that makes award season exhausting. The same films are getting all of the awards in recognition while there are some really deserving underdogs that just don't get the bask in that simply because unfortunately they just aren't looked at the same as a an Oppenheimer or poor things which is really unfortunate but I'll be lying if I said I wasn't gonna watch the Oscars this year that's my toxic trait dragging these award shows yet still watching them but you know a a part of me wants to believe I'm really only watching to see what Coleman Domingo will be wearing because he he has been stealing the scene on these red carpets okay Oscars do better congratulations to all of the nominees now on to the dead wrong of the week so initially I'm gonna be honest I wanted to call this segment I know you fucking lying and stories like this really reminds me why the Stanley Cup craze y'all now don't get me wrong the Stanley quencher is a nice cup And when I saw that TikToker's car blow up to smithereens with the cup not only intact, but with ice still in it, I knew it was something special. But not so special that y'all are tackling security guards and stealing thousands of dollars worth of cups and getting arrested for it. I mean, geesh, I don't mind a good trend. I really don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not that girl to yuck anybody's yum. But I'm really in disbelief at how people are acting over this Stanley Cup. Take this story, for instance. A woman was arrested in California after stealing 65 Stanley Cups worth about $2,500 from a store. The police pulled her over and she had these cups just chilling in her trunk. Like she literally walked out the store with all of these cups Y'all are getting really bold. And then another story. Parents in Alabama reportedly spent $3,000 to help their 16-year-old get every variety of the Stanley Cup. She currently has 65 and counting. That's rent for a few months. That's mortgage. That is actually wild. 16. Like, I'm just... (laughs) I I just... I'm... I I just can't believe the lengths that people are going to for this cup. Then I'm scrolling on TikTok and a mom has posted about her child getting bullied at school because she has a Stanley Cup dupe and not the real thing, which is just so ugly. Folks are camping outside of Target and flipping these $45, $50 cups for $200 and $300 on eBay. It feels like when a new pair of Jordans came out in 2012. People are getting hurt. People are getting arrested. People are going to jail. Like y'all are getting charges. Like I I I really am just again 
in disbelief. And I'm not hating on Stanley Cups. They're great, but the culture around them is so chaotic. And last I checked, y'all don't even drink water like that. It's given hype beast. It's given hyper consumerism. It's really not cute. Everybody needs to just calm down. Fill up one of the 32 water bottles that you already have in your cabinet. Drink some water out of that. And sit down and ask yourself, am I willing to knock down a middle-aged woman in Target in order to get this water bottle? And if the answer is yes, then you know that you're dead ass wrong. It's never that deep, beloved. Just drink water. I promise the cups that you have are okay. And the gag is... These cups are still available just online. Maybe not in the color that you want, but damn, like y'all, I I know you fucking lying. Y'all, y'all, y'all can keep it. Y'all really can keep it. Okay. All right, y'all. These are the stories of the week. Chime in and let me know what your thoughts are about these headlines, especially that Stanley Cup mess. Lord, hit me up at underscore tearing it up. I always want to hear your thoughts from rap shit to swagger to run the world black shows are getting the axe left and right so next up i'll be bringing in entertainment writer chanel janae to talk about the state of black tv what's going on with all these cancellations and where do we go from here more i know that's right is coming up There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine with the weather warming up it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a pilates class or outdoor guided walk peloton has everything you need to help you get going get a head start on summer with peloton at onepeloton.com welcome back to i know that's right y'all With award season underway, we've been talking a lot about what we've been watching on this show. But this week, I want to turn our attention to what we won't be watching anytime soon, unfortunately. New seasons of some of our favorite shows featuring predominantly Black cast and from Black creators. There have been a lot of TV show cancellations over the past year in Though that may seem par for the course for Hollywood, there have been an alarming number of black shows specifically that have gotten the boot. And this comes as folks really feel like TV was making a concerted stride in telling diverse black stories. Southside, Wonder Years, Swagger, Winning Time, Riches, Run the World, Saturdays, The Black Lady Sketch Show, the list goes on and on in the latest being Issa Rae's rap shit which was kind of the spark of this conversation, whether it be from company mergers, fallout from last year's strikes, or generally the trend of where the industry is headed. We need to talk about what's going on. And I'm so happy to have here with me entertainment writer Chanel Janae to talk about all of this and break it down. Hey, Chanel, how you doing? 
I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Very excited to have this conversation. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm really happy to have you specifically here because you've done extensive coverage on Black TV, on Black TV for The Root, Essence, and so many other platforms. As of recent, I'm wondering, when did you notice this trend in TV happening specifically with Black shows? Honestly, I want to say my ears and eyes started peaking last year. Mm -hmm. um, there were a handful of cancellations that happened last year. I know you mentioned a few of them. Southside, a Black lady sketch show. And I think that was when it, it really started to sound an alarm for me to be like, hey, why are all these Black shows now dropping off? But if you want to be, if you want to be honest, we could take it back when Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country got canceled and The Get Down got canceled and yeah. all these other ones got canceled. So it's been happening for a minute now, unfortunately. Yeah, it really it really hits close to home, especially because, I mean, I think for uh, like you said, it, this isn't a new trend. However, with what we've seen in the strides that a lot of black TV creators and writers have been making, it feels very sudden and very much like like they're just a lot of shows being affected. I think for me specifically, um, I started to really notice the trend when um, the Max as a platform became, went from being HBO Max to Max after the Paramount Warner merger. And I think Southside was like, like you mentioned, that was on the early casualties of that. And then we saw this domino effect, you know, and like you said, Lovecraft Country, even before that in 2021. But I really noticed that merger having a domino effect on that platform specifically. I think that hurt because it felt like HBO Max was such a destination for a lot of quality shows that showed us in different in different lights even the second season of of love life you know which you can't even get on the platform anymore but it seems like rap shit specifically has hit a different nerve why do you think that is i think there were naturally a lot of people who were fans of Issa ray and as a byproduct of that anything that she comes up with they're gonna run and flock to it i know some people excuse me were still upset about her previous reality show getting canceled on there and so by the time she announced another show, we were like, okay, let's rally behind this. Let's make sure we support it. And the first season was great. And people, more and more people got to the second season and fell in love with characters. And so I think by the time people heard that that show, Rap Shit, was not going to come back for a third season, it happened during, I think, another domino effect of all these other Black shows getting canceled. So people were just tired. They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they went off. Yeah. Can we just take a beat to talk about rap shit specifically and especially how great this second season was? Because I don't think we really took time to sit in and appreciate how we have not really seen portrayals of black women, portrayals of women in hip hop, especially at a time when they're dominating, be so intentionally crafted not only by the writers but also by the main characters and, and the actors portraying them Jonica Booth Chameleon Ida Osmond like like let, let's just let's just sit in that for a second 
I will be glad to do so because the growth, the character arts, just the way they came in on season two on 10, on ready, and just blew everything out the water as far as the storylines go. It, yeah. They yeah. did their big one, as the kids say. <laughs> okay, as the kids say, as the kids say. I think it's interesting, um, kind of like getting out from or zooming out from specifically this merger, because I, I mean, I, I, I think a lot of people are able to like look at this merger and like see something more concrete but I think there's something a little bit more in the zeitgeist happening of course like I said we're in the middle of award season I think it's so interesting how the globes were overtly like hey look at how diverse we are this year and look at how diverse we've gotten and then of course with the Emmys we have major wins for black women there um Quinta Io. Nisi Nash and you know just across the board this uh, you know they were saying this was one of the most diverse um, groupings of winners at the Emmys I even think about the Martin skit that happened at the at the Emmys and how great it was to see them on stage as a cast together reunited but also how that rubbed me the wrong way what what were your thoughts on that as a fan of the show, like you, I was very happy to see them all together. But I did notice a shift, I feel, a mm -hmm. shift in the way the audience embraced their reunion as opposed to how they embraced the Ally McBeal, the Cheers, mm -hmm. the other ones. Seeing the Martin reunion for me was like, oh, this is something that's very familiar. Yeah. But, and I think I even tweeted this out, there was a reporter that I, I didn't know who was non-Black watching the martin reunion and she was like i don't even know like what show is this like i've never seen martin a day in my life and so she could not relate to the you know to the skit and know why it was so culturally important to another group of people but it was just eye-opening to see like okay well just because you may not have watched it doesn't mean you can't recognize that this is a reunion of sorts and you know isn't that so telling because you know I think it's it's really interesting how we just literally just as people of color often have to put ourselves and grew up putting ourselves and trying to see ourselves reflected in stories that weren't necessarily, you know, that didn't necessarily reflect us. But we could see the value in uh, Ally McBeal. We could see a value in a, uh, Seinfeld, a Frasier, a Sopranos, all of, and you know, no shade to these shows. These are great shows, but I, you know, when the shoe was on the other foot, it 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 really is interesting how there is no desire to even try to stretch and you know see yourself as an audience member, as a non-black audience member. Like, oh, I can see this part of my life in 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 this character and that's probably one of the biggest kind of invisible underlying reasons as to not only why this trend is going on today but why it's been going on in the history of tv and why it's we've been kind of relegated to this corner absolutely 
the unwillingness of other groups to not want to engage in our art and our shows the way we kind of have to engage with theirs is telling and it's very um disappointing actually i have to ask this because i don't want to assume but i feel like i know the answer did you watch upn growing up i did watch upn um i was raised by a very wonderful christian mother so i didn't watch too much but as i got older i started to watch more of it yeah what shows were you watching oh man one-on-one the parkers half and half i'm talking about the really Old school black living single, obviously one of my favorites from back right. in the day. I mean, everything. And I bring that up because um, I I think about all of the shows that we lost in the UPN era, specifically after the writer strike of 07. I mean, like Girlfriends was was a really big one. And, you know, we didn't get a chance to see, okay, do Tony and Joan, you know, reunite and, you know, make up. Do, um, does Joan have her like fairy tale life? Does she get what she wants at the end? And, you know, what's kind of been taken from her is it feels like also taken from us. <laughs> you know as as audience members and i'm i'm looking at what's going on right now um especially you know we're only a few months out from the writers guild and actors strikes of of 2023 but how are you seeing these strikes play into the impact of these strikes play into kind of the shows that we're seeing be canceled yeah, I think, um, of course, when we go on strike, Black writers will be disproportionately affected by that. And as a result of that, their shows and the shows that they may be working on, which, you know, more than likely will be more diverse shows, it it puts a pause on everything. It, it It's like a, a thunderstorm on our plans and, you know, our stories and the future of our stories because things will now get pushed back, if not pushed off the slate altogether. And it just, it has a negative effect on us. And Mm -hmm. I think the quickness of how we get our stories out and also the kinds of stories that we even get to to come out. Yeah, yeah. What is that negative effect? Talk a little bit more about that. We just, like I said, we get more of of a delay, if not a complete dismissal of whatever the show would be because- Now, because of the strikes, people kind of don't want to ruffle feathers. And at least from the studio's perspective, from what I see, it's like they want to, quote unquote, play it safe with certain Mm -hmm. stories and they don't want to invest in other stories, even though our stories have a track record of performing well and getting high ratings and getting high engagement with viewers. They don't want to do that. They, you know, made all these promises, you know, while people were striking. And then now that we're here, doesn't seem like they're going to hold up to their end of the bargain, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, some of the shows that that I've seen impacted already by the strike, you know, have been like, you know, Swagger and, uh, you know, Run the World, which honestly, stars, y'all got so much 50 cent money. I, I do not understand why Run the World, why we can't get a third season of that. That I, that makes no sense to me. I definitely feel you on that. And I 
I think what what we're seeing, not only we're seeing what studio execs are saying in a very roundabout way to a lot of these TV creators is, hey, this niche lane that we've been taking is not making us the money that we want it to make. We're going to go ahead and flip it around and go back to appealing to a broader audience. But we know the code word for broader is wider, is more male dominated. It's it's very sneaky, but also very in your face way of of playing audiences. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And not enough at the same time. It's a lot and not enough at the same time. And uh yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering what what were what are the shows that you feel mostly impacted by by their cancellation? Um, I was definitely upset at Southside's cancellation. I I probably admittedly got hip to it a little bit too late, mm. but when I started watching, I couldn't turn it off. And yeah. so by the time they announced that that wasn't coming back, I was such a specific humor like it just has such a specific midwest chicago and like like things that you just aren't gonna see and like no shay i love the shy but i think that like there should there needs to be different sides of telling these stories but yeah i'll cut you off go ahead oh no i that uh south side of course um i have a thing for you know, cast that have beautifully melanated people in them. Very mm-hmm. rich, full melanin. Richest, richest was our succession. It was so good. Yeah. And we don't get to explore those characters anymore. And that's, it's very sad. You can't, it makes it hard for us to invest because well, we're only going to see two seasons and we won't see them ever again. It's, it's very hard. And that's yeah. Sad. Yeah. Talking about that investment, um, what does that mean for you and I and other journalists who cover these shows specifically? It it means that we now are limited in what is available for us to cover and what's available for us to talk about. If we only get five new Black shows to come out in a year and they're all canceled within two years, that's it's it's not fair. And what I think it does specifically for the shows is that it it doesn't keep them in the conversation of of the TV canon of like best shows of all time or, mm-hmm. you know, best comedies or best dramas of all time. Those lists are predominantly white because they get more seasons. They get more time with their audiences and with people like us, journalists who have to watch these shows and break them down and do analysis of them those shows get on these lists much longer because they've had more time for audiences to invest in them. And I think it's unfair for the shows, the people who watch them and for the people who cover them like us, because we want a fair chance at longevity and success too. Yeah. And let's be honest. It it also holds this space where they don't get on that list because there isn't as much coverage because, you know, the publications who are, willing to you know to employ and you know make sure that freelance journalists who over over index as far as you know black journalists in the industry p 
period, are able to, you know, we're the ones writing about the shows. We're the ones who are like, I'm, I'm not freelance. I'm just talking as a black journalist, but we're the, we are the ones who are, you know, invested in, in giving these shows the correct nuance the the attention and like not even doing it in a way where it's like oh this show is black so everyone should watch it and you know it's the greatest thing since sliced bread but I you know I I think that there is there's value in our voices and unfortunately because it's like this symbiotic relationship where it's like okay these shows aren't getting coverage because no one wants to talk about the no outlet wants to talk about this show they rather talk about a uh, succession or Ted Lasso or the bear love all those shows but what does that happen to that symbiotic relationship and what does that happen you know when you are trying to get interviews with writers and and stars and you know you're doing red carpets and getting passed up and you know that's a whole other conversation but still very much related because you know the lack of coverage of these shows goes into you know it it plays some part into whether or not they they get picked up what's your experience with that um, I, I think you're spot on. I think it definitely plays a huge role in whether or not these shows get picked up, as does, you know, audience engagement via social media and all these other yeah. um, ways. But you're right. If we and it's like you said, it's you can't say that, at least from my perspective and from what I've seen and what I've been around, you can't say that black press isn't ready and available to mm-hmm. cover these shows. A lot of times. You run into barriers in that little symbiotic relationship when it comes to certain studios and certain publicists who, you know, may not have heard of your outlet. And so they're going to pass on the politely pass on the opportunity. But, you know, wait a minute, we need to cover the show. You know, we're a black platform or we're, you know, an Asian platform. This is a, you know, an Asian led show or, you know, Latino or Latino led show. We run into barriers, but you can't say that it's not that we don't have a willingness to cover it. It's it becomes hard. Yeah, like variety and times, great platforms at the same time, you know, you're going to get a a different kind of coverage than, you know, with the Essence or The Rude or uh, HuffPost Black Voices or, you know, and I I think that there is value in, in divvying that attention and not just you know, going to specifically like the outlets that you believe are, are prestigious. Cause in, in the long term, that does, that does end up hurting more than helping all of us, you know? And it, it almost makes you wonder, you know, why do we regard this one as prestigious and not yep. the other one? Why would we prioritize this one in, instead of the other one? It's enough of the pie. Everyone should be able to get a fair piece <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We, I I love this little tangent we're going on because I, I think that it it's so important in talking about the shows that have been canceled. And earlier when you were mentioning um, your thoughts on how the audience received Martin on the Emmy stage, you know, I, I mentioned in last week's episode, how, 
the skit rubbed me the wrong way because we can easily put replace any uh, uh, insecure or empire or a P Valley in there with the same script 10 or 15 years from now and, you know, see that they haven't gotten, you know, the, the recognition or the decoration. I mean, we, as, as viewers and as, you know, part of the community, like we give them flowers, but as far as, as far as the awards, like, I don't know, like, why do they matter? Like, why do, you know, like what, will they hold that kind of, you know, that kind of weight down the line in, I'll go back and forth on it, but I'm I'm wondering like what what your thoughts on that are. I think, you know, with the way Hollywood is set up to have these awards, I don't think there's anything wrong with finding, you know, value. I I would never want to take away this this thing from these people who do work so hard and do give out these awards worthy performances. I, I don't want to take away from the celebration of that, but to constantly see shows that we know as a culture are deserving of these awards and to consistently not see them get that recognition. It I I understand people's sentiments when when they say, you know, they devalue the awards now. They're they could take them or leave them because they obviously don't know good taste. They obviously don't know a good thing when they see it because they keep looking over our shows. Yeah. Um so I, you know, it would I think it would have to be a complete shift in the industry for people to not put a lot of value in these award shows, but the consistent refusal to acknowledge these shows obviously says a lot about the people who are voting for these shows to be awarded and why there aren't, maybe there aren't as diverse voting bodies as we think they should be. So I think that that should make people wonder, you know, and, and think about, well, who are the people voting for these awards and making this show saying that this show is awards worthy versus not awards worthy. Let's see the yeah. breakdown of the demographic of that. And then we can start to get some real answers. Yeah. child, A change needs to come. Okay. Because I, I, I don't know what is going on. The, the kids is watching, watching Zeus network and like no shade the reality, no shade the reality TV. I came up on reality TV, but a lot of reason I came up on reality TV is because of the 07 strike but it does make you wonder what will tv be for us in 10 years i think it hit a little bit different going back to the to the rap shit shit because someone like Issa ray is kind of a north star for a lot of people who desire to get in the TV and film and desire to like make their own way in Hollywood with everything that she's built. When you see a sweet life, when you see a black lady sketch show, which she was the executive producer of in rap shit, like literally all fall, but baddies East <laughs> is there. And like, that's really no shade because at like, whatever like whatever you like desire to watch whatever like there's an audience for everything but it does make you wonder how are like are the diverse perspectives of ourselves like is that really as valued as hollywood says it is yeah because they're not getting all these yeses to these shows that could be way more 
you know, could tell better stories <laughs> and we could see better uh, representation as yeah. opposed to, like you said, baddies east. No shade, love, love all the baddies, but yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm, you know, Betty's East, Betty West. I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. Okay. And I, I, as a baddie, I, listen, I love baddies. Exactly. We've been talking a lot about what's wrong, but I also want to like give space for the shows that are new in returning the black TV shows that we're really looking forward to this year. What are some of those on your list? Top of the list is Abbott Elementary. Absolutely. I, I am so closely tied to the teachers at Abbott. I feel like they're 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 family at this point and they are people I know in real life. So Okay. I shout very out to much Ava. <laughs> shout out to Principal Ava. Shout out to uh Gregory Eddy. That's yeah, that's my guy. Definitely looking forward to Abbott. I know Harlem, I believe season three is coming back. I'm a big fan of Harlem. Um, so I'm very happy to see that as well. And P Valley. I know I think they're filming now. So yeah. It's time for time for Fingers, it's it's been a minute since P Valley. I, I it has. Gonna, the paint has been closed. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's time for them to come back. Nice, nice. I'm looking forward to the Vince Staples show, um, which is coming out on Netflix. I'm a huge fan of his humor and of just his voice. And I think that there's just so much value in like wisdom in his comedy. I know like that's probably a weird thing to say, but I but like he's he's such a storyteller and has such a unique perspective of the world that I, and to be able to like do that and be funny is really interesting. Um, Damon Wayans, Papa's house is coming, you know, Damon Wayans, I, shout out to my wife and kids. Cause that's just another one that, that people really... sleep on it. I, I have top tier, top tier comedy. Michael and Jay were the funniest parents. Tisha, Tisha and Damon were just, comedy gold listen tisha tisha walked on um martin so that she could fly okay on my wife and kids because her as jay i would argue that michael kyle and jay kyle were better than martin and gina i'm so sorry oh absolutely (laughs) absolutely no i'm siding with you on that hot take (laughs) (laughs) I'm siding with you on that. Oh, and then we have Marvel's um, Moon and the Dinosaur Devil. So I'm I'm looking f- I'm looking forward to that because that's that's for my uh, animation girlies out there. I might I might dive into that. I might dive into that. Yeah, it's some really good stuff. And you know, I'm wondering why are you hopeful for Black TV? moving forward i am definitely hopeful i I feel like that's the one thing no one can ever take away from you is hope um so i feel like you have to take hold of it and grab hold of it and guard it with all your heart but what makes me hopeful is the fact that there will be it's a comment you said earlier there will always be black creators there will always be black writers who are going to push to make sure that these stories come out one way or the other um black people we are a very resourceful group we are a you know, a no is just a not yet type of group. So I'm I'm confident in knowing that there will be black creators who will continue to push forward to make sure these stories are 
are out and out to the masses. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing that made me really hopeful, um, a a few years back, uh, something happened that felt so like simple, but also was just so unique to black TV or not unique to black TV, but something that like happened that we don't get to see happen that often. And that was the completion of two shows. And in the same year, Insecure and Blackish were able to have their series finales and tie them up, wrap them up beautifully. That to me was so special because I think a lot of times black creators in television don't have that opportunity to close their chapters or close or in their books on their own accords. It's always a cancellation. It's always, you know, something that happens that interferes with that. And the fact that those shows were able to do that, it it does give me hope that more shows will be able to have conclusive endings and be able to carry on and will be able to get that closure like you said of of seeing our our favorite characters sell off into the sunset or you know crash and burn whatever that was whatever that is but at least we get to see it you know yeah we we need to see our our good endings or bad ending we just need to see our endings period yeah yeah and not see them forced on us we want to Mm. see them gracefully end if that makes sense no that makes that makes total sense a couple of quick things before we get out of here what's getting you through the week my mama's prayers my Mm. prayers and um god Amen. Man. Honestly, <laughs> that's real. Look, that is real. When Jesus say that, nobody can say what. No. And that's what Michelle. Okay, can't uh, ain't never seen a bridge that she can't cross. William said. <laughs> What's one thing that you know is right? The one thing I know that's right is that black people will always find a way. We are resilient. We are never say never. We are maybe a barrier, but it's not a brick wall. So we're going to get through it. I I know that's right about Black people. (laughs) Yeah, I know that's right, too. Where can folks find and support your work? Um, You can always support the work over at theroot.com. If you are a fan of medium, spicy, and hot takes, always can support those on my Twitter as well. I expand on sometimes some of the, the things I write on there and give extra thoughts that maybe didn't make it into the article. So you can find me on these socials, these Twitter X streets. <laughs> Absolutely. Chanel, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your insight and just being able to just hash out our thoughts and feelings about all this damn TV getting canceled. What are we going to watch? We going to find something. There there's still some creators out there. They got they got their stuff on there. So we going to watch the stuff that's, okay. that's still here. <laughs> hey, what's up with reruns, okay? Exactly. I <laughs> right, appreciate you, girl. 
All right, y'all, that is the show. Huge thank you to Chanel Janae for joining me this week. And thank you all for listening. But before we get out of here, quick church announcement. Starting next week, new episodes of I Know That's Right will be released on Fridays instead of our previously scheduled Wednesdays. So mark your calendars. I Know That's Right Fridays. If you got a tattoo it on your forehead, listen, I do not mind, child. Also, another announcement. Make sure you follow us because now the show has an IG and TikTok, y'all. Yes, Instagram and TikTok, I-K-T-R-P-O-D. I know that's right, pod. Make sure you follow and, you know, turn your notifications on. You know, I know y'all want to know what's going on. You know, we got the, we got the tea. You know, we got the, all the, all the things, all the combo that you want. So just go ahead and follow us, girl. You know, you want to. And of course, as always, I want to know what y'all want to hear on the show. So if there's a topic or story, you want me to explore, hit me up, not only at underscore tearing it up, but also at I-K-T-R-P-O-D. This show is produced by ACAST and recorded right here in Brooklyn, baby. Until next time, so long. Farewell to you, my friend. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.